been in the game for a while. I know somebody who could afford it. I figure we could split the profits. You figure? Big boy, you gonna come in my house and tell me what I'm gonna get. This is business, huh? I'm trying to make some real money here. I thought you'd want to be down. Money ain't nothing but paper with them crackers' faces on it. And that brick, that ain't worth the trouble that it come with, I promise you, man. Look, I try to do shit the right way. Went to the other side, know what I learned? The game's rigged. It ain't made for people like us, so you know what? I'm rewriting the rules. But Anka, I need your help to do it. It's amazing the accent that you do on the show because you really seem like you're an American. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, uh, well, that was the object, I guess. That was yeah. your intention. How did you do that so well? Wow. So um, I have um, a dialect coach. His name's Dub C. Okay. And he's from um, Westside Connection. He raps with... Oh, the rapper. Okay. Yeah, real uh -huh. OG. Okay. And it was amazing. <laughs> that's your dialect coach? I know, right? So you could, <laughs> you could understand I was petrified all the time. <laughs> so I was staying downtown where they put me, uh -huh. and he called me up, and he was like, yeah, what's up? It's Dub C. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be your dialect coach. They want to call me a damn dialect coach. Anyway, I'm downstairs. This is me. What? He's like, yeah, come downstairs. I'm like, how do you know where I live? He's like, don't worry about it, homie. Ain't nothing but a G thing. Click. <laughs> oh, my gosh, there's a gangster waiting for me downstairs. So I get down there. Oh, you did go down, OK. Yeah, I went down yeah, there. Next time, down. don't go down. Yeah. <laughs> so I get there, and he's like, got a real blacked-out car and stuff. And he's like, what's up, little homie? Jump in. We rolling. <laughs> I'm like, okay, my South Central for Dummies booklet says we rolling means drive-by, okay. <laughs> so I get in the car, and thank God it wasn't a drive-by. Oh, we're driving, yeah, we're driving out Crenshaw, and he takes me to this restaurant called Popeyes. Yes, I've and, heard of it. Yeah. yeah. And I've never been to Popeyes before. <laughs> Do you know Popeye the cartoon character? No, I don't oh, know. Oh, you don't even know Popeye, huh? I didn't know anything. I didn't know if it was we were going to eat pasta, chicken. I had no idea. It's chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, we're driving there, and I'm like, what's Popeye's? He's like, man, don't ask no stupid-ass questions. <laughs> Get that biscuit. Dip it in the honey. Dip it in the honey. Wow. <laughs> this is some dialect coach you've got. Yes, Mr. Dubsey, yes. <laughs> I was petrified. Well, he did a good job, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. He did transitioned he... me from a British wimp to an American gangster. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am 12 Kyle. Check this out. <laughs> On this episode, we are talking about the hit TV series, Snowfall. Uh, as you see the title, 100% chance of snow, because it's going to snow on this episode. Um, I wanted to wait a little while before I talked about this uh, series uh this series is one of the best series i think that's ever pre premiered on network tv 
Um, I will be biased and be open about my bias that I think it's one of my favorite TV shows to ever premiere on uh, network TV. Um, and that's saying a lot because I, I, I have a lot of favorites, but this is right up there near the top. Um, so, man, let's get into it, man. Snowfall. Um, if you're not familiar with, let me just put this disclaimer out there. If you're not familiar with the show that premiered on FX uh, called Snowfall, um, you still should listen to this podcast. I'm going to talk about in broad terms about the, the, the characters and things that happened um, without giving it away. I'll try not to. I, I will assume that if you clicked to listen or if you clicked to watch on YouTube, thank you for watching, um, that you probably have seen the show, you know, at least a few times. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, what is Snowfall? Snowfall was a crime drama on FX um, set, I think it was between like 1983 in 1990, and it is um, a series about the crack epidemic, and also playing in the background, uh, <laughs> the United States involvement into the crack environments of the Black community. Um, and so it's set between 1983 and 1990. And I'll, 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 on this episode, I wanna talk about the characters, um, John Singleton, the, orig the original director, um, creative mind behind it, uh, and much, much more. And I'll get into, you know, eventually uh, my thoughts on it. And, um, you know, whether or not uh, a hugely debated topic is whether or not, you know, whether or not Snowfall is as good or better than <laughs> the hit TV show from HBO called The Wire. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, but yeah, it, it, it um, this series debuted, what was it, August? Yeah, it was, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. It was July 5th, 2017, which is amazing when you think about it because like, that it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Um, but Snowfall really, to me, came out of nowhere. Um, and I'll tell you about how I got hooked on it. But it premiered July 5th, 2017. And obviously, uh, six seasons ran. Um, and it ended on April 19th of this calendar year 2023. Um, but yeah, it's set in the in the 80s. Uh, so just personally speaking, as someone who grew up in the 80s, anytime you have something with the 80s on TV, I'm in. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm checking for it, right? And I'll be honest, I wasn't initially checking for Snowball, right? And, and let me give you my story and, and you'll kind of understand how and why I came to it. So we were, um, my friends and I, I think I'd seen the previews for Snowfall or something. And I was like, hey, I'll check it out, you know. And 
I'm I have a habit of like kind of grouping things together. And I think when I saw like a trailer or something like that for smoke, the trailer looked pretty good, but I was like, okay. And you know, up until this point, we had had you know movies and TV shows like the Get Down and what was the other one? I can't remember the name of the, the other joint from the 80s or whatever. And so I'm thinking like, okay, it's based on this and it's the 80s. You know, hopefully they don't mess this up. Uh, but I didn't have a lot of expectations or anything like that. So funny story. <laughs> As legend would have it, um, I started watching episode one, right? And I remember it distinctly. But episode one, really, as it's setting everything up, unbeknownst to me, as it's setting everything up, episode one moves extremely, extremely, extremely slow, right? And so I was like, after I saw episode one, I was like, yeah, that's okay. You know, didn't blow me away. It wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, awful. It was worth watching again, right? But I told myself, like, I'll come back to it. The problem was I never came back to it. So the subsequent episodes happened after episode one. And I don't know. It gets to probably about episode nine or ten. It's very, very late in the end of season one. And it just, I, I never forget it. Like in our group chat, me and my, my boys. One night, it was a Wednesday night. I'm getting like messages like crazy. And I'm not, I'm doing something else. I'm not even normal. I just, I, I just feel my phone vibrate, vibrate. I'm like, what are you dudes talking about? So I pick up the phone and the conversation's going. It's like, man, Franklin Saint, Franklin Saint, Franklin Saint. I'm like, who the hell is Franklin Saint? I don't know this dude. Like, what are y'all talking about? And, it, and I finally stopped the fellas and I'm like, hey, what are y'all talking about? And they were like, Snowfall. I was like, what the hell is Snowfall? They're like, you're not watching? And they were like having a conversation as if everybody in the group was watching. And it turns out everybody in the group was watching but me. So I was like, okay. And then I asked him, I said, well, is this the, the, the story about the dude, the, the drug dealer dude? It's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I saw episode one and I stopped watching. And it was like, yo, you need to get back on that. You got to, you got to catch up. And I hate when people tell you got to catch up on something because it's like, what for? And no, nine times out of 10, like it's not even worth catching up for. But anyway, so I chill for a second and that night they go on and on or whatever about what happened. And, and, um, I distinctly remember somebody saying, like, yeah, you know, season ends next week. I was like, oh, that's great. But I did tell myself, I was like, look, yo, you got to go back and you got to watch this thing and sit down and, and not be moving around and everything like that and see what's going on. And so I sat and watched it. And I'm like, I can kind of see why and how and why it got off to the slow start that it did. And it was very deliberate. 
And shout out to John Singleton for that. Um, but it just took off. And literally, I was hooked. I can't think of too many shows that just got me like from, because I'm a, I'm a very picky watcher of TV. Um, other than Insecure, as long as I've done this podcast, there's only been one, there's only been me talking about one active TV show. And that was the breakdown that I did of Insecure when it went off the air. Shout out to Maya from uh, We Did That Shit Podcast. We did an episode together uh, after Insecure went off the air. So this is the second time in the history of this podcast that I'm doing something about a active show. That should tell you a lot about, <laughs> about how I feel about Snowfall. Um, so yeah, set in the 80s, um, the main character, or at least one of the main characters initially, was a kid by the name of Franklin Saint. Franklin Saint, black teenage kid, um, didn't necessarily wasn't a street kid. You know, he was seen to be a kid going to school, trying to you know find his way. Um, wasn't in gangs or anything like that, which was very prevalent in you know L.A. at the time. Um, but he manages to stumble, literally stumble into. The drug game. And I'll again I'll touch on the characters in just a second. But but that's what Snowfall was. And I think one of the things that stood out about Snowfall was that when you were in, you're in. Like the writing, the acting, the way that it's shot, all of that brings you in. I think one of the things that that really and it didn't really kind of hit me until like season three, until somebody mentioned it on Twitter. Like, there's no theme song to Snowfall. Nothing. You get a scene, you get the word Snowfall spelled on out on the screen, and then it maybe kind of washes away, it disappears or whatever. And that's it. Like, there's nothing. You may get a song on the outro. <laughs> maybe. But no, you know, it's not the music, any any music that you heard during the episodes were very reflective of the time. So, yeah, later on in the series, you might hear NWA or something like that in somebody's car. But theme song, no, it, it Snowfall didn't come to play. They came to give it to you straight no chaser. And I mean, like. I love that about the show. Like they, they went, they, they they understood. Like we only have a very small amount of time to get this to you. We don't have time to play around. You know, we don't have time to waste time. And I love that about the show. But um, yeah, it went on for six seasons. Six very strong seasons. Um, I could make a case that, you know. It, Again, it's some of the best TV that we've seen. Um, sans the Tiger episode. <laughs> but that's another story for a whole other day. Um, but yeah, that's what Snowfall was. Uh, I mentioned the hook. One of the things that hooked me initially was the involvement of the CIA with the Iran-Contra with 
guns, and ultimately crack coming to South Central Los Angeles and then permeating throughout the city of LA from Compton to Inglewood to Watts, wherever, right? That element to me hooked me because if you study history and you, you guys know from listening and watching this podcast, um, I'm a big history buff um, because history, if you study history, you understand history people can't change what happened. Like you can, you can try to spin the narrative on what happened in history, but history at its bare bones deals with the fact, right? So I was very familiar with, because I, it was an era that I lived through, but keep in mind, I grew up in South Carolina, Florence, South Carolina be, to be specific. So I wasn't in Compton or LA or, you know, Watts, or anywhere near what this was going on. But I do know my history, and I do know of the involvement that the United States government had with pumping crack into the Black community at that particular time, funding the Iran-Contra affair. Um, and so while... There are a lot of people over a period of history that will be complicit and say, well, no, we didn't have any involvement in it or whatever like that. The truth is the truth. And to my knowledge, at the time of this recording, <laughs> up until this day, I don't the, the 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 CIA has never acknowledged the fact that they had a hand in funneling guns and drugs into this particular community. So the tie-in between the two hooked me because I'm like, yo, this is, it's almost like they're retelling the story. Of course, it's, it's an interpretation of a historical fact, right? Or historical facts. And if you're familiar with um, Freeway Ricky Ross, not Rick Ross the rapper, but Rick Ross the drug kingpin, uh, his involvement with the CIA, his involvement with the cartels um, and him becoming a kingpin in the United States, in, in L.A. in particular, um, is well documented. Uh, you can look it up. Um, and Franklin Saints' life and dealings are loosely based on Rick Ross. Now, this is where it gets a little fishy because... Rick Ross will tell you that he met with John Singleton. John Singleton allegedly, they had a deal allegedly, and he was going to bring Rick Ross on as a consultant, so forth and so on. And according to Rick Ross, that never happened, and he looks up and snowfalls on TV, right? And it's 2017. So now it just depends on who you believe. Um, so the question always comes up is, is Snowfall real? No, it's not real, but it is a very succinct interpretation of historical facts and historical events that happened with a Hollywood twist. And a Hollywood twist is very important because it is necessary to tell the story. 
because you can't you can't <laughs> you can't implicate the cops and the CIA and just kind of walk away from it. No, I mean like somebody's got to take the blame. And then you again, it's Hollywood, so you know some things aren't going to be realistic, like having a tiger in your backyard and somebody <laughs> jumping out of the cage. Let me stop. I'm not gonna mention that tiger episode again. Um, so yeah, it, it it was that's what it was. So is it real? No, it's not real because nothing that you see on TV is real. However, it is based on historical events. Um, now the John Singleton effect, uh, as I mentioned, John Singleton, creative director of Snowfall. Uh, unfortunately, John um, passed away in 2019 um if i'm not mistaken he was there for the first three seasons of snowfall and john's legacy and vision any actors or actresses will tell you anybody working on snowfall will tell you that john's legacy continued on and it permeated throughout the series even when he was no longer with it uh i will say this i give much props to the cast, to the crew, to the directing team, everybody that worked on Snowfall, because I can imagine that that was extremely difficult to do, to push on after John passed. Um, as many of you know, John Singleton suffered a stroke in 2019, and then he passed away uh, subsequently after that. Um, but really, to still be able to carry out his vision, I think, says a lot, because... Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes someone can give you the vision of what they think it should be. And then you try to carry out that vision. But there's there's no there's no way of saying that you know that it's going to come out correctly or come out the way that that person would have wanted it to come out. So, again, major props to anybody, any and everybody that worked on Snowfall. Because I, I, I can imagine how difficult that was to do to pick up and carry on when John was no longer there. Um, and then to lose him so suddenly, uh, that had to be tough. Um, so yeah, props to them. As far as the characters, <laughs> the characters were, the characters were something else. Um, I read something, I'm going to read it to you, that uh, <clears throat> a writer once wrote about Snowfall. He, he or she said, uh, quote, Snowfall makes the bold choice to portray how Black love survives or dies amid Black ruin. There have been many instances of love dying and surviving through the show's run. But because Franklin is at the center of it all, it's understandable that the fans would want to see him and his love survive. That desire is what makes Franklin's character someone that you root for or root against, close quote. Um, I agree. And, and and I'll touch more a little bit on Franklin as far as the ending, but Franklin is the 
you know, one of the main characters. Um, he's a member of uh, a family. Um, Franklin is the only child of uh, Sissy and Alton. And I'll touch on them in just a second. But like I said, good kid, at least starting out. <laughs> um, but he rises to become this kingpin. Um, and, you know, one of the best cocaine crack dealers in the world. Um, so there's Franklin. Then there's his counterpart or, or his partner, if it was is what he thought was his partner, um, Teddy McDonald. AKA Reed Thompson. Uh, he was the CIA cooperative working undercover uh, for the CIA. And he and Franklin got into business together. And in his mind, he was working for the CIA and working against communism against the Nicaraguans. But his job was to, once he found Franklin, to help Franklin pump crack. And once they pump that crack, you know, it was about making the money. Uh, the next character I want to talk about was only there for, she was there what, season? She was seasons one and two. Um, and that would be Lucia. Lucia Villanueva. Um she was the daughter of a Mexican crime boss and she was heiress to the Villanueva cartel. Um, and the thing, even going back to, like I mentioned earlier, the first episode, I think the thing that was key for me was that you had three parallels going at the same time. Franklin had a story, Teddy had a story, and then Lucia had a story. And I think what was interesting was they were on separate parallels, but the writers and the directors were trying to get them to a certain place. And I think <laughs> in my viewing, I got frustrated trying to watch it, but uh, you know, eventually they got there and in and, and them getting there, it hooked us all. Um, then there is my man, Gustavo, a.k.a. Elsa. Uh, El Oso Zapata. Uh, he was a former Mexican wrestler, um, and he was affiliated. He was affiliated with the uh, Villanueva cartel. Uh, this man went from wrestling <laughs> to pushing drugs. Um, one of my favorite characters on it. I, I like Oso. Um, he went by Gustavo. He went by Oso. Um, but to see his his uh, his transition was good. Um, and then the aforementioned mother for Franklin, uh, Sissy Saint. Um, she was a, what is, what does Sissy do? Sissy worked in like, she, she, she worked in like real estate. Um, she was, <laughs> I remember somebody referred to her as <laughs> the West Coast Florida Amazon. <laughs> and that's not fair. That's not fair. Um, but she played, oh my gosh. She killed it in a lot of scenes. Um, next was her brother, the OG, Uncle Jerome, Jerome Saint. Um, Jerome, he got to start as Jamming Jerome. He had a, 
he had, he had a car stereo uh, business, and he was a legit dude, man, until he started, you know, hustling little nickel bags and dime bags, and he brought his nephew into, you know, selling weed, and it took off from there. Um, and I mentioned Sissy was married. Sissy was married to uh, Franklin's father, biological father, um, Alton Saint. Uh, Alton Saint, I want to say Alton Saint was, was he in, I, I can't remember if he was in Vietnam, but he was a former Black Panther. Uh, his story and his timeline was very, very key uh, to Franklin, especially as you saw Franklin ascend and then fall. Um, Alton was a former alcoholic. Um, and he was somebody that Franklin, you know, even though that was his dad, really despised. And we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll get to a scene in just a second here. Um, then there was, uh, Lee, Lee Simmons. Uh, Lee Simmons is Franklin's best friend. Uh, he, childhood friend that grew up together, um, he basically was second in command behind Franklin for a while. And um, I, well, probably, I'd probably say all the, the whole time because there's nobody else that he trusted more than Lee. And they were, they were best friends. And, you know, I don't know if we ever knew if Lee had any siblings, but you could clearly tell, especially with Franklin being an only child, that um, they were brothers. They were definitely brothers. Um, who else? Uh, oh, one of my favorite characters in all of Snowfall, my man, Avi Drexler. Avi was the coolest. Avi was the dude who put Franklin up on game. He put him in the game. He said, here you go. If you can flip this coat, you can do this for me. Um, he was an Israeli drug dealer slash gun distributor. Avi did a little bit of everything, but he would, I mean, like every line Avi delivered, man, that's, that's my guy. That hands down one of my favorite, Avi's probably, he might be my second favorite character on it. I love Avi, man. I, hey, when they took Avi out, man, I was hurt, dog. I was hurt. <laughs> um, for the first two seasons, uh, Kevin Hamilton, another one of Franklin's friends. Um, Kevin was was Kevin was that dude, man. Kevin was that dude, and um, their friendship and Kevin's ultimate demise set a whole bunch of things in motion. Um, then there was Andre Wright, uh, the cop who was um, lived next door to Franklin, and he wasn't gonna take no shit from Franklin. And he didn't like Franklin. And he really didn't like Franklin because Franklin was dating his daughter, Melody, or Mel. Um, Mel was on for, what, the first three seasons, I think? Um, she was good. She was good. She was dope. Um, then there was Veronique. <laughs> Veronique was not popular at all. Um, Veronique was there for seasons five and six. She was Franklin's girlfriend and then baby mama. Um, 
she caught a lot of uh, a lot of people. Well, you know, of course, we watch and we tweeting and stuff. Um, a lot of people didn't like uh, Veronique. They didn't like her hairstyle. They didn't like what she was wearing. They didn't like Veronique at all. They didn't trust her. Um, you name it, it was what it was. Um, who else? Oh, I cannot forget about Uncle Jerome's girlfriend. And then Louis, uh, she was his girlfriend. She was another one that kind of, you know, egged Jerome to put Franklin in the game. And uh, But when he put Franklin in the game, Franklin wasn't, you know, he wasn't, it was small time. Like he, nobody knew that it would, it would go to this level. But um, she became Auntie Louie, and uh, it's funny, man, because when you see the responses on social media, like people, there were people that really didn't like Louie. I can't, I can't now. I cannot believe I went had a brain freeze just like that because um, I'm doing this with no notes, uh, very little notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, people didn't like Louie, um, and we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Louie in a second. Um, Oh, can not forget about Leon's girlfriend and then eventual wife, uh, former crackhead, uh, a clean crackhead now, um, Wanda. Um, Wanda. Wanda was different. Wanda, man, Wanda came a long way, dog. She came a long way. I mean, like, to go from <laughs> being on crack to getting cleaned up, to getting married, to moving to Africa and coming back. And nah, that don't happen every day. And, you know, there's rumors, depending on who you believe and what you hear, um, there's rumors that, uh, you know, Wanda will have her own spinoff show. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, I'm not sure how true that is. Uh but I mean, they definitely left the door open for it to happen. If Wanda gets her own spinoff, I'm assuming Lee will be there. So if Lee's there, I'm there. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are some of the characters. Um, I think uh, I think the characters really, really did a good job in carrying a lot of the scenes, which is a perfect segue into what I want to get into next is some of the most memorable scenes. Now I'm going to play audio clips and unfortunately if you're watching on YouTube, I can't put them here because if I put them here, they're going to take them down. Uh, so if you're listening via audio platform, you, you'll get a chance to hear it. Um, first scene that I got, and these are just some of my favorite scenes. Um, the first scene that I have here is Franklin versus Andre, right? And so Franklin is panicking because he has a file and in that file there's pictures of everything and then pictures of him dealing with um, Teddy or Reed Thompson at the time because <laughs> he tells me first name is Reed Thompson. He comes to find his name Teddy McDonald. Um, so Andre, who again is a cop, Mel's father lives next, right directly next door to Franklin, gets his hand on this file and he's going through the file and he's like, 
you know, I'm, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like, oh, now he's connecting all of the dots. Now he's understanding that not only is Franklin dealing crack, but he's basically being hired by the federal government. And he want, but he didn't know who Teddy was, but he had pictures of him. And these were pictures that Franklin had gotten because Franklin wanted to find out more and more about, you know, who Teddy was or whatever. Um, so Andre gets his hands on the file and basically Franklin confronts Andre in his own house and Andre tells him, you, and, and Franklin pulls a gun on him. Andre said, well, you're not going to kill a cop in his own house. And you know what? I'll let you hear the rest of it. Check this out. One of the smartest kids I ever knew. You're not going to kill a cop in his own house. He took me that crack then. Gave me a chance, and so I'm going to give you one. Forget you ever saw any of this shit, Andre. Get out of town with mail. I'll never come back. Who is this man that you protected? Huh? You know he don't give two shits about Leave you? Leave LA forever, Andre. Disappear. And just maybe the two of us could make it out this shit alive. you run me away and destroy this community. So you want to play cops and robbers? Okay, we can do that. Come back. Fresh start. It's you and me, head to head. And we'll see who's standing. Here's your file. You're the fucking killer. Now get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, that was a cold scene. <laughs> it was at that moment <laughs> that let me further know that Franklin Saint was not to be played with. Um, another favorite scene. This is probably the most played scene of any Snowfallers, right? Um, Franklin. Lee in the car, they had just left. Um, they were confronted by uh, another drug dealer who they had partnered up with by the name of Man Boy. Shout out to Man Boy. Man Boy is good. I like Man Boy. He, as a bad guy, Man Boy is pretty cool. Um, so they're riding, and Franklin, Lee is telling Franklin, like, hey, man, thanks for having my back. And Franklin completely goes off on me. Check it out. 
know, he want to take over and shit. Park the car. What? Park the car. You know, I got all this shit hanging over my head. But you off trying to start a war with our partners. The nigga diss me every time I see him. Acting like he the one in charge and shit. And Compton, he is the one. You lose. Every time you bite with that nigga, and I'm the one that pays for it. And you gonna get off his corners? You gonna leave his people be? Or you the one that's gonna find yourself a new plug? You don't mean that shit? The fuck I don't. I built this shit. Me. Brick by brick. And I'll be damned if I let you tear it down just because you don't like the way another nigga talk. <sighs> Drive, motherfucker! Man, that's, that's the illest scene right there. <laughs> that is the illest scene. Um, man, listen, another one of my favorite scenes, man, was Franklin versus Ivy. And again, now you got to remember, Avi's the one that put him in the game. Avi gave him the game. He put him in the game. He put him on. And Franklin's needing his money, and he ends up pulling a gun on Avi. Man, listen, check check this out. You've been watching the games yesterday night. I saw a guy look just like you. You ran so fast. I called him Black Lightning. <laughs> As fun as it'll be to watch my people beat your people in all types of sports, I'm here to talk about business. I know I owe you, and I, like I told you on the phone, a couple of weeks, once the next shipment goes through, I'll get paid, and so will you. That weren't the deal. Ever heard the expression, you can't get blood from a stone? Yeah, but I can get something from you, though. <laughs> You seem to think I'm that same kid that came here looking for a few grams of coke. You seem to have forgotten what I did for you that day. No, I haven't. And that's the only reason why I'm gonna give you an opportunity for grace. I'm friend Ray Thompson. I want to know everything you can find. Who he works for. His real name. You give me that 48 hours, you bought yourself some time. You could ask me that with your gun still in your waist. For some reason, I think you'd hear me unless I did. I'll see what I can do. Hey, tell your man to be cool. Be cool. To who? Cold. <laughs> Cold. Um, I just mentioned Man Boy. I, I gotta give you one with Man Boy. Um, this one right here is very complicated because of the events that led to this. Um, Lee didn't mean to, but he shot up this, he shoots up this car with these dudes in it. And in the back seat is a chick 
and her little girl. Well, the little girl gets killed. The chick survives and she sees who the trigger man is and she knows it's Leon. Unfortunately, the chick was dealing with Scully. <laughs> and Scully, Scully was another wow. I mean, like Scully was like the ODB of drug dealers. Like, <laughs> like he was crazy. And so, and and also the the chick who got you know who didn't get killed scully's girl is also man boy's sister so man boy loses his niece and so he's basically coming to franklin to confront him like hey you got to give up lee so i can do what i need to do and if i can do what i need to do with lee as far as take lee out of here then that'll keep scully off your back it's so many. It's so many layers of the game and how things work and how you know drug dealers <laughs> went about things. But I'm gonna let you take take a listen to this. Shit, a lot of motherfuckers. There ain't no Leon. Yeah. No Leon. The way I see it, see you get Leon out, we ain't gonna be able to do no business. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm not the one who came hat in hand looking to do business, right? It's funny how things change, huh? I remember the time you had Compton. That's me. Inglewood. That's Scully. And the projects. That was until Leon fucked that up. She got less, eh? What I got? <laughs> I got the plug, nigga. You're right, you do. You got the plug, you sure do. All the cheap cocaine in the world. Nowhere to sell it. I remember when you asked me if it was something you could do to stop this beef. Oh, this is it? You get Leon up, I get Scully to lay down, everything go back to the way it was. Nah, nah, can't do that. Really want to go to war? Go on, Leon. See, that's the difference between me and you, Drew. I don't give up my people. Cause he's family, right? That's right. <laughs> know what I always respect about you, say? You was always about business. You was never personal. Even when I ain't like shit, and he did some fucked up shit, but I could respect it. Cause it was consistent. Now, you break your own rules. And I can't respect that. Hope you got a plan, nigga. Cause when sharks smell blood, they gonna come. <laughs> Ain't nothing nobody can do to stop. Till next time. Man, that was cold. That was that was. I remember that episode like yesterday. That was cold. We was like, yo, we were we were bugging when it happened. Um, probably one of the toughest scenes. Um, was 
Franklin versus his dad, Alton. And I use the word dad lightly because you can't pistol whip your father, man. <laughs> but in this one, Franklin loses it and ends up pistol whipping the man who gave him life. Take a listen. I'm sorry, but he needed to know. Uh, the story was gonna break. Least this way, the CIA takes the fall and we get out clean. And how the hell you gonna do that, huh? Running high from the damn CIA? Honda Abia Dune and Asada Shakur in Cuba right now, protected and safe. What about Jerome, Louis, and Leon? You wanna take everybody to fucking Cuba? If I have to, yes. Maybe it won't come to that. Maybe there's something we can do to stop it. Oh, yeah, that's right, mama. That's right, because of the report. You can't stop it. The story's already out there. How you think she got to me? She. Oh, so it's a woman then. Too many people know Franklin. It's only a matter of time. At least this way, we're ahead I'm of it. I'm not moving to fucking Cuba looking over my damn shoulder. This is my fucking home. You don't know who you're dealing with. You don't even know his real name. I know if this story gets out, then we all fucks. Please, come on, just tell me what it is. Don't be so naive. Tell me the fucking name! Oh, wait a minute, what, you gonna shoot me? Like you did Andre? what we've been through. We have survived massacres in Africa, enslavement, the Middle Passage. We survived Reconstruction, Jim Crow, lynchings, and the ruthless oppression that still continues till this day. But I don't know if we can survive this. This systematic poisoning of our people by the government. And by you, son. You are killing us all. Don't you see that? Don't ever call me son again. Man, that was cold. <laughs> that was cold. Um and the last clip I'll play for you. Um, this is when you knew shit got out of hand, right? <sighs> Franklin versus Aunt Louie. Louie, you can make a case that Louie, things started going downhill when Louie wanted to go left. I mean, am I lying? I don't think so. Things started going left. When she wanted to go left, that's when things started going downhill for Franklin. That's when the money got stolen. That's when he had to fight for everything. I mean, you don't need me to tell you. Take a listen. But you got to come home. Get this operation under one roof. No, we ain't doing that. Why? Why not? Because I don't want to put my life, our life, at risk for your bullshit-ass decisions. Is that it? Or is it that you're so sure that you're so much smarter than everybody else? You're tired of this. Lions fighting over sheep. This between me and him. Oh, yeah? So won't you handle it then? Boom. That's right. Because I know breaking away wasn't Jerome's idea. And I let it go. Because you've been shot. Been through some traumatic shit. Hey, you let it go? Yeah, that's right for her. 
Don't talk out your goddamn neck, boy. <laughs> well, then maybe you can enlighten me, Unc, on what the fuck she wants. Nah. Won't you ask her yourself, then? What would you like, Queen Louie? What's gonna make you happy? Because nothing seems to do it for you. How about not being under anybody's thumb, nephew? Well, I hate to break it to you, but everybody's got to answer to somebody. And me, I answer to the man who may have disappeared, my fucking father, and who would do the same to us if we don't move this product. Now, I don't know about y'all two, but I'd like to stay alive long enough to enjoy what I've made. So from here on out, I don't want to hear anything else about kilos or prices. Y'all want to go out on your own? Fine, but do not for one second fuck around with what I gotta do to get mine, cause I promise you, there is nothing I'm not prepared to do. That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> Speaking of the end, um, the ending of Snowfall was very, very, very excellent. Um, I, I kept saying, and I kept tweeting this probably like the last two or three weeks that the show was on, please land the plane because that's all you had to do. And, and I understand that it's tough because, Hey, here's the thing. When we think about series, some of the, some of the better series that we've seen on TV, and I'll just use these two in particular. The Wire and um, The Sopranos. Their endings. Now, The Wire, I mean, excuse me, The Sopranos ending was kind of left up to your interpretation. The Wire, not so much. I don't think they did a good job at landing the plane. I think they were stacked. The, the, the deck was stacked up because we didn't know what was going to happen in that final episode. And ultimately, I think, you know, the viewers, because here's the thing, let, even before I get into that, let me tell you this. By the time we get to the last episode, right, Louis on the run. And this is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I mean, you've been listening and watching this long. <laughs> I will assume that you've watched this, this series by now. Um, Louis on the run. Uncle Jerome's dead, which hurt. I mean, bro, we was really pulling out liquor for Uncle, man. Uncle Jerome? Come on, man. Um... Great character, by the way. Legendary lines. I, <laughs> dude, he, he stole a lot of scenes. Um, Abby's dead. Uh, Sissy's in prison. Um, Teddy's dead. So it's like you got to land this plane. And you, you have a very small strip of runway to do so. Can you do it without messing it up? And did they ever? I, I absolutely love the ending. Um, and one of the reasons why, let me pull this up. One of the reasons why I ended up doing this episode was because of, because of a tweet that I saw. 
Um, and I'll read you the tweet. It wasn't even from somebody who that I follow. It was retweeted into my timeline. And of course, in the last episode, we see the demise of Franklin Saint. Franklin Saint is spinning. Um, he is distraught after his mom kills Teddy just before Teddy can make the transfer to him getting back half of his $73 million. His mom is in jail. She's not talking to him. He's cussing his mom out. The walls are literally closing in on Franklin, right? And we all wanted, or at least most of us, wanted Franklin to win. Going into that last episode, um, and people wanted to see him live happily ever after. But the reality is, is that Franklin, and I, and I told people this going into that last episode, I'm like, he's probably going to die or go to jail because I couldn't see no other way because here's the thing. He had done too much to keep going smooth. Like, while I didn't foresee the plot twists and turns of the final episode, which was brilliantly written and brilliantly directed and even more brilliantly acted. I think the thing that stood out to me was where we thought the plane was gonna land here, it landed here, and but it landed. And it landed on just the right spot. So Franklin, because his life is in turmoil, if you noticed in Snowfall, and I think he ever he I think he references like somewhere like season two or three that like he didn't drink and he wasn't gonna drink. Franklin never got high. We never saw Franklin smoking weed. We never we definitely didn't see him snorting coke. Definitely didn't smoke crack. And he never drank. Now we do know that his dad, Alton, was an alcoholic. He didn't want to be like his dad. Didn't want to be like his dad at all. But I want to say he referenced something, or maybe I'm making it, I don't know, but I think he referenced something in an episode where he said something to the point of he wanted to make sure that he had it all control. Well, he's out of control at the beginning of the episode, goes into a bar, the bartender feels sorry for him, gives him a shot. He drinks it. And up until that point, we had never seen Franklin take a, a, a even the most smallest of squigs of anything. And that drink from that bartender led Franklin on a down, downward spiral that he couldn't stop. And I think it was very prophetic the way that it happened. But I'm going to read you this tweet. And it talked a little bit about, and this is, this tweet was the reason why I did this podcast. It says, every hood is from somebody named Mike Baggs, B-A-G-G-S. Shout out to Mike Baggs. Quote, every hood in America has a Franklin Saint who is either a fiend or a drunk who still reminisces the 80s while hanging on the corner. The season's finale of Snowfall was so powerful to Black America because we all know or grew up with someone around 
who had it all and then lost it all. 1,000%. That tweet really hit home for me because it made me think about some of the people that I saw in my small hometown of Florence, South Carolina. Some of the dudes that were standing on the corner, some of the dudes that went to Vietnam, some of the dudes that turned out to be drug dealers. Now, I'll be honest, I ain't grew up around a whole bunch of drugs. I ain't grew up around a whole bunch of drug dealers. But you knew of people, maybe not in my neighborhood, but the neighborhood over here, over here. And that tweet made all the sense in the world to me because I think we all know somebody like that. That old head that's on the corner. And it seems like he's been on that same corner for the last 20 years. And he smoked out, or he's drunked out, but he got a story though. But we're not, because he's messy, we're not going to sit there and talk to him or try to figure out what his story is. And that's who Franklin Saint became. Franklin Saint became the old head, the old guy on the corner that was just washed up. I mean, like he literally was just washed up. So he loses everything, loses his money. Veronique goes off, has the kid. And in the last episode, you they actually are time traveling a little bit. So they go a year, I think, and then two years and then three years. Um, Leon, we assume, went to Africa because Wanda goes to Africa and he had to go find Wanda. Um, but I mean, his mom's in jail. He's out of that 37 million. And he's just struggling. He's in a in his mom's old house. He's not paying the taxes on it. And so much stuff is going on. So much stuff is going on. I mean, like he's literally failing at life. And just a few years earlier, he was on top of the world getting ready to walk out the game. Now, Oso did get out the game. And I was happy to see Oso get out the game and make it to Mexico and start a new life. And he had paper. Um, but everybody was rooting for Franklin, particularly in that final, final episode. Like they were rooting for him to make it. And I went into that final episode just thinking, like, he's going to die or he's going to jail. One of the two. I did not see the plot twist and turn for him to fall the way that he fell. I mean, like, he fell off big time. But that's reality. Yeah, I mean, he could have. He could have died in a, <laughs> in a hail of bullets, but the way that they told the story was 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 very. Um, I thought it was very fitting. Um, so even in the final scene, we see Leon and Franklin, just like they were in season one, in episode one. Um, they're walking around a neighborhood. And they seem to be a lifetime removed from where they were, right? Um, Franklin's bitter. He's hurt. He's broken. Um, in a lot of ways, the world has moved on and it's moved on without him. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was going on. He was talking about how 
you know, he was getting calls from the CIA and he he was he said people call him hanging up and he was very, very much paranoid. I don't we don't know that there was somebody checking for him or calling him, but you know, he was done. Again, he was broken. Um and so they walk around the neighborhood and it's funny as they're going to the neighborhood they walk past a movie set and this movie set is boys in the hood and that was a tip of the cap an acknowledgement to john's the late john singleton and it's funny because as they walk past the set <laughs> franklin yells you won't win an oscar <laughs> And he tells Lee about, you know, how, how his life was. And he said, you know, Veronique had a baby, a son, and she told him that she was going to break the generational curse. And um, But she wasn't going to tell them where they were or anything like that. Um, and, you know, like I said, he's Franklin's talking at this point. And Lee, it be, Lee is being Lee. Lee is being Lee. He's just listening. And that's what Lee did. Like, Lee was a soldier for Franklin, man. I mean, like, they were boys to the very end. Um, and then Lee tells him, hey, man, I started a clinic. You know, we had this, this limb bias law came in effect, which really did come into effect after limb bias. Uh, the former Boston Celtic, who tragically overdosed on cocaine just days after being drafted by the Boston Celtics from the University of Maryland. Um, and he's telling Franklin, like, hey, man, I got this thing going, started this legal clinic. It's helping people, you know, get on their feet. Um, he kept calling it Jim Crow and they get outside the convenience store, child's convenience store, which is, I want to say it was in episode one too as well. Um, and Franklin said, hey, man, <laughs> you got some money? Because at that point, Franklin wanted to get he wanted to get drunk. He wanted to drink. So Lee gave him the money. He goes in and comes out, you know, with the liquor. And then they're walking back down the street. And as they're walking down the street, Franklin's talking to Lee. And then they see the LAPD busting into his house and they're basically confiscating the house because Franklin has not paid the taxes on it. Lee tells Franklin, hey man, I can pay the taxes for you. I'll, I'll get you out of this. And, and Franklin tells Lee that, nah man, I'm good. I'm free. He's like, I don't have any chains on me. And then the episode ends like this. My fucking way, not yours, and not theirs. <laughs> you my best friend. Best friend I ever fucking had. 
fucking proud of you. You hear me? The episode ends with Kendrick Lamar's pride being played, ending the tragic descent of Franklin Saint. Um, and I think, and I can only speak for black people. I think black people, black men in particular, we a lot of us saw Franklin because we knew a Franklin. We knew guys like that. And like I said a little earlier, they wanted them to live happily ever after, but the addiction kicked in, and he was never going to live happily ever after. He was gonna, he was going to be, like I said, drunk now to coke now, wanted it to a crack now, however you want to call it. Um, you know, but I think the thing that made me happy about these series is that even in his demise, we as fans still wanted more. We wanted more of that. We wanted more of Franklin because we wanted to, everybody loves a redemption story. So, you know, in a perfect world, Franklin gets clean and he goes off with Lee and they start, you know, legit business and they get together and, you know, he finds somebody else and has a kid and lives his life, you know, a certain way. But, you know, we don't get a chance to live and fairy tale. We don't get a chance to have 57 opportunities, you know, to get it right. Um, but I think snowfall is, is something that I think definitely has a tremendous legacy. Um, how will snowfall be remembered? I think it'll be remembered very well. I think it'll be remembered for what it was and what it did do and how it made us feel. Um, I think it's a time capsule piece that over time, I think we'll, we'll understand it has sat well. Um, you know, Snowfall was a, a show that pushed your boundaries, you know, and um, the focus was what it needed to be. It needed to be on us, what we needed to do. And, you know, even the characters, everybody had their own thing and their own issues from Louis to Uncle Jerome, you know, to Franklin, obviously, and so forth, so, so on down the line. But, you know, in the bigger picture, 
everybody was so tunnel focused on what they had, what they were trying to do that they lost a lot along they lost a lot along the way, you know. And I think that that's important to see. And I, you know, nobody other than also nobody rode off like into the sunset. Um, but I think the show was very intentional, and it talked and showed us, you know, what crime was, organized crime, um, and it also showed us how crack really just destroyed, obliter obliterated, you know, our community. Um, and of course, it's fictional, but even the the, the realistic ties in with the federal government. Um, you can understand why it, it this show touched people the way that it did and, you know, left many people very emotional. Um, so I think it'll be remembered very well. Um, last but not least, is Snowfall better than The Wire? Get that question a lot. Here's the answer. I don't know. I don't have a great answer for that question because honestly, it's too early to tell. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you know, Snowfall debuted July 5th, 2017. It ended April 19th, 2023. The Wire debuted over 20 years ago. So it's going to take some time before we can even sit down and, and try to compare apples to apples. The Wire had five seasons. Snowfall had six. The Wire didn't have to try to shoot and make episodes during COVID. Snowfall did. The Wire had different themes and I guess focuses, if you will. Snowfall didn't to, to that degree, but honestly, it really just depends on who you ask. I'll be honest. But for me, I think it's too early to say. It really is. I like it. Snowfall literally just ended a few months ago at the time of this recording. You got to give some time. You got to give some time to breathe. It'll be interesting to see where these characters, where these actors, actors and actresses go on their next journeys. Um, but it, no, it, it's, it's way too early to tell. I'm not here for that discussion. It's been thrown out there, but I'm not participating in that discussion. <laughs> but hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is my thoughts on the FX hit TV, TV series, Snowfall. Again, if you haven't seen this series, do yourself a favor, go back and watch it. In fact, even if you've seen it, go back and watch it. It, it is a great rewatch. Um, it is, I'll be honest, very addictive because if you start watching one episode, I promise, I, I did this just the other day, it came up and I want to say like episode, it was like in season three, just a random episode was just on TV. I was like, yo, let me watch this. <laughs> I was supposed to be watching something else. I was like, yo, let me watch this. And I sat there for an hour. And then you look up another hour's going because you, you roll right into the next episode. So check it out again. Um, 
check out these great actors and actresses. God, I mean, I would be remiss if I did not applaud and salute uh, Damson Idris, um, the actor who played uh, Franklin Saint. He was incredible. I mean, now the guy's British. I don't know if you guys know that or not. You probably should know that. But I mean, the guy's British and <laughs> they actually gave him an acting coach when he came to the set of Snowfall. His acting coach was a guy by the name of Dub C from the West Side Connections. Man, listen. How cool is that? <laughs> but anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. Again, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, episodes like this drop every Thursday at midnight. From time to time, we drop bonus episodes on Sundays. Also, if you feel so inclined, bless the podcast with your financial contributions. Hit us up on Cash App, dollar sign, T-W-E-L-V-E-K-Y-L-E. Again, that's going to do it for me. This has been 100% Chance of Snow, uh, my review of Snowfall. Again, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.